I am Alana from Chicken House Press, and this is Writer's Chat. On December 10th, United People by Susan Cullen was released. This is the second book in the World Collective series. Book one, The World Collective, was released in 2022. It went on to be shortlisted for the $10,000 Kobo Emerging Writer Prize for Speculative Fiction. It was shortlisted there, and then it went on to win first place in the 2023 Word Awards for Best YA Novel. Not only that, but The World Collective was shortlisted for Best Book Cover Word Award of 2023. So that was thrilling and exciting. United People is a powerful continuation of the story that started in The World Collective. And if you haven't picked up book one yet, I encourage you to do so. You're going to want book two right after that. And then I promise you by the end of that, you're going to be just chomping at the bit for book three, which is going to come out late 2024. Before I dive into the interview with Susan, I'm just going to read you the back cover blurb so you get a little sense of what this book is about. Even if you haven't read it, it's going to give you a good sense of what's going on. The World Collective is crumbling. Change is stirring. It is time for the people to act, to come together as a united people. Regida did the impossible. She faced Thanatos and lived. Now, with the terrorist Tazib captured, life should be returning to normal. Too bad things are never that simple. Thanatos continues to kill, and despite the World Collective's efforts to keep the truth secret, the increasing early deaths are taking a toll in the system. Data needs more information if they hope to repair the code. Raya's positive Tazib holds the answers, but getting him to reveal them is a challenge. With the world around her growing more and more complicated, Rai must discern the truth from fantasy. The perfect music tells her there is a plan, but how does that help her navigate her day-to-day life and relationships? And how do the United People factor in? Is the secret organization the key to ensuring a future for all? So Susan and I met over Zoom. We had a great conversation about this book, about some of her feelings on what it's like to release the second book in a series, how it differs from a debut. She got really vulnerable, shared some really important stuff. And if you are a writer or an appreciator of books, this is a really valuable conversation that I hope you will glean a whole lot from. So let's dive in. Here is my conversation with Susan Cullen author of book one and two of the World Collective series with book three coming at you soon. So the United People, it launched on Sunday. Yep. So what, today is Wednesday. Yes. So, so for three days, uh, it's kind of been out in the world. How was your launch? At, you did it at a local bookstore. Mm-hmm. Turns and Tales is amazing uh, for being so supportive to local authors. Like I just, I can't get over how encouraging they are. And I went in uh, this time feeling a little nervous because you're like, well, it's a second book. And like everybody came to the first one because they want to support you. And, you know, will as many people show up for number two? And uh, and so I kind of said that as I was like getting my table ready. And they were all like, oh, we're excited. Like they were just, they were very like uplifting to authors and yeah everyone I've talked to has like the same things to say about them so your local to Chatham 
what it turns into. <laughs> like, they they support authors and um, stories of all kinds. So it's it's great. It's yeah, it's a good establishment to have in town. That's really encouraging because there are. It feels like a lot of independent bookstores that don't support authors in the same way, which is really sad and seems really backwards. But that's really encouraging that yeah. you yeah. you found one that you have one right close to you. Yeah, yeah, it is very encouraging. And yeah, I know what you mean. That sometimes they, uh, I don't know, it almost feels like you have to prove yourself a bit. And you're like, when you're just starting, you're like, oh, I have it. Yeah, you're yeah. my spot. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's really encouraging. Okay, so the books are on the shelf there. Yeah, yeah, they're on the shelf. It's fun to see. They usually two turns and tails is great for like putting it out near the front for any new releases. So like I get to go with those. Um, but then it's also I have to admit that like as time went on with the the World Collective there, it was just nice to walk in and see it like on the YA shelf though too, like just up there with all the other YAs. So yeah, I'm like that's where that's where it's supposed to live. So yeah, yeah, you can find it there, both books and. Um, we've been offering a little sale too and encourage that Christmas shopping, pick up both sort of thing. Well, it's a great Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. Get people really hooked so that book three, when <laughs> it comes, they'll be eager. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a good turnout. There was one reader who I know and she was like right there, right at start time because she's been waiting all year for book two. So yeah. that was just really encouraging that she's picking up the copy to take home and read it right away. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. And that seemed to be the response after the World Collective came out. The majority of response was, I can't wait for book yeah. two. Like, why are you making us wait so long? <laughs> did you feel that pressure? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah, there's expectations now to live up to sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I definitely felt the pressure. <laughs> you know, polishing and um, finalizing book two was just, yeah, trying to get it right. And to find that balance to, uh, to answer enough of that, but I almost want to say angst that, you know, like book one kind of ends and like, you want to know what's more. So like to answer enough of that, but also be like, it's not done. Like there's still a whole nother book coming. So to like find yeah. that balance of giving enough answers to the questions you have as a reader, but then also enough like hints that there's more to come sort of thing. So yeah, it was intimidating to figure out. <laughs> For sure. And when when you don't have the, the whole series written, to be confident enough that yeah. you're putting out book two now, do you know, do you know the whole when, of book three? When when I was finishing book two, no. <laughs> so okay. I like had um ideas like all along I've had ideas of like a general this is where it's going to end up and I knew certain things that were definitely going to happen and certain things that I would not have happened like some things were finalized in my head but there was a lot that wasn't and I think that's because character wise like different characters showed up in the story that I hadn't necessarily anticipated or they became more important than I thought they would be sort of thing and so thinking about the ending I'm like an ending needs to be satisfying you need to wrap up what's happening with multiple storylines. At least I feel like for World Collective, I was like, it's Rye's story. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like you meet these other characters and you're into the world. So you need to have enough an answer for like to satisfy all those endings. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I was in the middle of book two, I did not know all those endings yet. And that was very intimidating. At this point now, like with it released, book three, it's much more finalized. Like I wouldn't say it's finished and mm -hmm. I'm not like, 
super like there's still things I'm tweaking but it's much more in my head than it had been and so then it yeah it does make it like this breath of relief like okay I know we're <laughs> like I know what's happening to different people I know what the world's gonna look like like okay <laughs> like yeah keeping all those characters straight so there are a lot of characters that have really pivotal roles like they're very important and you did a really good job in book two in further developing those characters because some of them, we just got a little taste of them mm-hmm. in book one. And then book two, we kind of really dove into some. And then, like you said, met new ones. So is your, do you have like a series Bible that you're, where you're, you're keeping track of all these characters, all their important little points and yeah. I wish it was more like official. Like I know some people are, are much better organized than I am. I have a notebook and things get written down in the notebook, but it's not very organized at the time. <laughs> There's a lot of page flipping. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're definitely there. And I think too, like as as I um got more focused, it was that recognizing that each of these characters do have different motivations and different wants. And a few of them, like when I, whenever I was finding I was having a problem because I hadn't fleshed out enough what those, like what that individual really wanted. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as that would come into play, then it would, it made like revision so much easier. Cause then you could tailor, even if they were over here on the side, it still shaped like how they were responding and how they interacted with Rye. And two, sometimes it was like so much more conflict then because what they want and what Rai wants might be very different. Or the ones I found more interesting were with the characters who want the same things, but had very different ideas of how to get it. And mm-hmm. so they, those were the ones that were like, yeah, yeah. they start to play and that. There's a lot of different tensions, which, yeah. which keeps the story really interesting. I really loved the way, and no spoilers here, but I love the way that Rai's father plays in book two. I think that the tension, that the dynamic there is fascinating. And I'm excited to see that play out. I'm also really worried about what's going to happen to daddy. Yeah, I feel like her relationship with her dad and how that changes in book two is really a big part of the story because she had this idea of her family in her head. And, and that already made her kind of different from everybody else in her world where family wasn't as important. So the, to really dig into that relationship a bit more. And yeah, it was, I don't know. It was definitely something that was very key to me. And I think because I was seeing it from the two sides, I can see the story from Rai, the 14 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, the way you view your parents is perfect. And like, you know, you kind of look up to them and they're the ones who can fix any problems like that idea you have as a child but then how it changes as you start to realize that they're just as human as you are and they make mistakes but then on the other hand as a parent I can really see the world from her dad's point of view and just like how you really want to make a world for your child where they're safe and where they're happy and sort of like I can understand his motivations for what he did too so yeah it was something I feel like book two was really about exploring those relationships and how things are never really as simple as they seem they're always a bit more complex because everybody has different ways of seeing the world and different motivations and yeah mm-hmm. so I was trying to peek at that in a fast pace like lots of other things going on at the same time to, to have that story though in there as well and now as far as all the technical smart stuff <laughs> like listen to me yeah 
the smart stuff in your book. Um, so there was time spent in book one, really developing the world, presenting this kind of new world where we have different technology. So did you feel more freedom in book two? Because the world's already established. You don't have to, there's not as much invention as far as a future. Did that change your approach? Did it make it easier? How did that play for you? I, I think in parts it was easier. I'm assuming that people have read book one and will have a general idea of, you know, when I reference the pods or something like that, that they've kind of already idea that this is, you know, this is how they get around and, or, you know, the, the palm scanners that they, yeah, that they're familiar with some of those things. I wouldn't say it made it easier though, because at the same time, I, I feel like maybe in book two, as Rai is getting more into her world and, and with data, the technical side of how some of these things work and how how the code works needs to be a bit more present. And and I, I too, am not a technical person. <laughs> so there was always kind of this fear that could I keep it believable and keep it accurate enough? Even though it's a creative world, I'm like, there's still rules to how things work especially in programming or encoding. And I know that I'm no expert. So I'm like, if somebody who is an expert at coding picks it up, are they going to, you know, find errors? And they might. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like my one saving grace, though, is that the story is from Rai's perspective. And Rai knows how clueless she is. And she knows that she makes okay. mistakes, too. So I feel like that helped me a little bit as a writer. That <laughs> her mistakes are my mistakes and kind of like versa. Um, like, what is a firewall? Yeah, yeah. Just, like just the simple stuff that's still language that we understand today, even though we we may be like Rye and not not really know. We need we yeah. need our friends to explain to explain. Yeah. yeah, I felt like that was handled with a simplicity that made it really easy to just get into the okay. story. It wasn't it wasn't like a heavy, and neither was book one, right? Even mm -hmm. as you established all this stuff, it's really palatable and. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. I I think your world building is so incredible. Thanks. And I don't I don't know how you did it. So <laughs> congratulations. That's there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And so and as we move into book three, we're stepping outside the world collective, which I'm very excited about seeing how you imagine the world beyond that that yeah. um, that group. So that's going to be really. I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like book three. I feel like every book holds a, a special place in your heart, but endings are kind of exciting too. So it's a long time coming though. Everyone still has to wait to hear the end, but it's it's coming. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay, right? Like anticipation is is good, yeah. and and you've been doing such a good job of keeping interest up and keeping things in front of people. And I've been really impressed with your social media presence and how you're you keep telling people there's a book and it's a great story and here's a little sneak peek at what it's about and you've done a really great job of that it's a it's interesting so you know book launch was just last Sunday and I feel like total transparency the last couple days have been kind of a low which I like you kind of expect it to be a high but instead it was a low and I think it's that oh, I'm trying to think of how to quantify it just uh knowing that in the world of books and authors, I'm still quite small sort of mm -hmm. thing. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's tiring to keep putting yourself out there and feel like it's just like this big 
echo. And I think maybe part of what has made me notice it is, of course, like people are coming to the book launch or, you know, I was at another event last night with friends. And so, you know, they're asking and they're just, they just all assume that like you're selling tons of books and like you must have a huge following and you're kind of like, no, not really. <laughs> like kind of, it's great that they think like highly, you know, and positively. And, and I, I appreciate that they, they see me that way. But I don't know. It's honestly like our world that we live in right now, it can be, it can be hard not to compare yourself to others. Like, yeah. And so I think I've been battling that and just knowing though, I keep coming back to, I've always believed in her story in, in Rye's story and the world collective and whether 10 people read it, a hundred people read it, like, and just be like, I'm still proud of what I've done and it's out there and people might not find it today, but maybe they'll find it, you know, next month or in a year. And it will still like, it exists now. Like it's, it's out there. It's on a shelf. It's, it can be in a library. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, that's when, when I get down, I keep reminding myself that being an author is definitely not instant gratification. Like there's no, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very slow. It's a long, <laughs> yeah. Painful, painful journey in many, yeah. In many yeah. Did you, did you find the same kind of roller coaster of emotions after book one, after the world collective? No, I think it's worse this time. And I think it's because with book one, it's just like still that high of like, I did it. Like I just, you know, you couldn't stop picking up the copy and be like, it's real. Like, cause like for so long you, this is what you want. And it seemed so far away and impossible. And so I think I, that high lasted a lot longer of like, I have a physical book and I can hand it to people and I can drop it off at the library for, you know, to be on their shelf. And so I don't know, I feel like book two, it just didn't last as long that high, <laughs> which is sad, but it's, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I want to be honest and admit that, that, that was the case. And I'm, it doesn't mean I'm any less proud of book two though. If anything, I'm more proud that I continued it and like, yeah, that, you know, that book three is coming and that this whole story is going to exist. Like a lot of people talk about doing it and never finish. And so I'm like, I'm going to finish like it's going to happen and it's going to exist you've got the um, follow through you're in that that like little one percent yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I think it's also just going yeah I might I'm, I'm not going to be the next Suzanne Collins or you know like I don't need to expect that <laughs> right yeah it's, kind it's of realistic expectations and if you're measurable is really how you feel about the story that you've created mm-hmm. then you already won yeah 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 and I think um anyone who is thinking about writing and publishing a book I think yeah you have to really evaluate what is success because if your success is selling you know hundreds of copies or thousands of copies or whatever you might be disappointed like (laughs) like realistically it might happen and that'd be amazing but I think you also have to be prepared for it by not and yeah so so the market is so saturated and I know I've seen on my end, book sales have like just plummeted in like mm-hmm. the last quarter of this year. And I feel like the world's just in a place. Life is so expensive and yes. it's just, it's a tough time to try and sell anything. But the beautiful thing about books are that they're evergreen, like how many times did I go back and reread The Hobbit or um, or Harry Potter or things like that, right? That they keep finding their audience in every yeah. generation. So 
just because something doesn't do well in its first week of launch doesn't mean it's going to find audience in cycles down the road or that suddenly in March, we're going to see a resurgence of book sales or who knows what's going to happen. If, if you're measurable is how rich you're going to get as an author or as a publisher. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not happening, but it's, it's about the love of the story and the love, Mm -hmm. the love of books and just putting yourself on a shelf beside your favorite. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like um, I had an event in November at the our local library and a teen came by and was interested in the book, but of course he didn't have any like cash. He couldn't pick up a copy and to just be able to like, be like, well, it's here in the library. And like, and yeah, he went over and got it off the shelf. It was like, showing me like I'm uh, signing out your book. And I felt like, sure, I didn't make a sale, but I might've got a new reader. And to me, that matters more, right? Like I, I, I was super excited for the team to be like, yeah, take it home. Like this is, that's just as good sort of thing. So yeah, I think your story, I can take time, but there are so many readers out there that will find it eventually. And I think too, like when you talk about the market being saturated, it isn't, and it isn't at the same time. I think readers, you know, people who love stories, love stories and you tend to want more. <laughs> so like, I think when you go even meeting like other authors and things, it doesn't feel like a competition. It feels like we're in this, we're creating together. And if anything, if you write something similar to someone else, it's an opportunity to be like, well, your readers might be my readers. Like they might like the same thing. Cause somebody who loves why dystopians tend to want to read all of them, right? Like, it's not like they're only going to read one and they're done. It's like, no, they want to read like all of them and compare them. And same with fantasy, like fantasy readers read so much. Like they just, yeah. So I think, uh, again, it's like that measuring your success isn't sales. It's finding your story, making connection with other people, I think. And yeah, that can come through one or two or yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just as important then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about killing off characters. Okay. <laughs> so, so you you know that I had a really kind of visceral emotional reaction the first time I read your manuscript. I was quite upset with you. I'm sorry. It, no, no. It was, it was like in the best way. So there is a character who dies in United People that shot it surprised me. I did not see it coming. And I cried like real tears. I had a real reaction. I want to know what happened on your end as, as you wrote that, what led to that decision? Don't give anything away as far as (laughs) who it is, because I want, I want your book to destroy other people. Like I think think if we're talking about measurables, I think any kind of emotional reaction is, is such a huge marker of a successful book if you can mm-hmm. get if you can elicit some kind of really raw reaction even if it's rage <laughs> or, or like laugh out loud or or crying yeah. whatever yeah. I think that's a real measure of a great book so talk about your your decision around that and how how you navigated that emotionally maybe, <laughs> maybe you were made of stone and it didn't didn't affect you at all but <laughs> No, it, oh, yeah, it's, it's gut-wrenching, like, for anybody, it's gut-wrenching to do, 
to 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 kill a character off. The one we're talking about, I I knew I I knew when they were introduced in book one. Book one happened. Yeah, I knew, which just made it worse. Like in some ways, when I when I read book one and knowing, like it just I, my heart breaks even then. <laughs> I'm like, I know what's coming, but for me, it was it was really important to show in book two how the world collective was just falling apart and how these changes that were made in the code might have, you know, been in one area specifically, but because of that, it's having this like ripple effect through everything sort of thing in the world. And like most of book two, and even in book one, there's lots of these little clues that things are off. Mm -hmm. And Rye, especially in book one, Rye is not really aware of most of them. Like we know the key ones she's aware of, but there's, I, there's a lot of other little things I was sticking in there mm-hmm. that are just these hints that things aren't as perfect as they're supposed to be. And so with this character, yeah, I just knew that this is, it's just another one of those symptoms of the, the problems are growing and what was tiny is now becoming huge sort of thing. And the fact that, yeah, it's hard not to give away, but the, the circumstances <laughs> of it, the circumstances and the guilt then that follows for, for Ryan, the other character involved, just that, that there's these things that happen that are beyond your control, but sometimes you can't, you still also go, what could we have done differently to, to have stopped this? I really wanted to explore that. And for 14 year olds to be dealing with some of those things, like there's just, in the first place, they shouldn't be. Like, it's kind of that, I, I, I hope that comes clear, but that this shouldn't have been their responsibility. It shouldn't have been on them in the first place. And that's, that's a mistake right there in itself. And then, yeah, that all these things are compounding and teens can't deal with everything. They're not going to, like, we just, they might feel like adults at times, but at the same time, emotionally and mentally, they're still growing and they'll make mistakes. And some of those mistakes have serious consequences. And yeah, that's gut-wrenching. Like it can be totally gut-wrenching. So yeah, I hated writing it on the one hand. Because <laughs> you're like, I can see all the ways we can prevent this. And especially like as an author, you're like, well, I could just write this differently and we could prevent this and have a happy, you know, this could be a high in the story where we stop this. And um, <laughs> But at the same time, Rye's world was falling apart. And yeah. this is- The integrity of the story kind of depends on that kind of tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. forward yeah and I think though too it was also rise growing though and I and I feel like in book two she's learning how to process some of these like super overwhelming feelings of guilt and failure mm-hmm. and things like that and she's learning how to use the, the the music to help her not let the bad things happen define who she is mm-hmm. and so yeah having this tragedy which it, it, it's like it's tragedy happen and seeing how she has to struggle with it and also how the other friend involved struggles with it, which you get a bit more in book three as well. We kind of explore moving through healing in that too. But yeah, it was kind of hard to do, but necessary. Sort of thing. You, and I'm like write in um, chronological order or did you kind of resist that and skip <laughs> over it? Because I know when I, when I wrote my last book, there was a scene that I was really afraid to write. And I don't mm. even know why, like I had a real block against it and I wrote everything around it. And then I like took a year off because <laughs> I, yeah. I couldn't, I you couldn't, couldn't, do it. couldn't get over it. Like I, I just couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. So did, did you, were you that lame 
in, in the execution or or did you find you knew what no, had this time, I yeah I, I think because I knew from the start I, I was okay with it I had more trouble in book one with Jeff that that one was harder for me I had I, that that I kept like wavering and trying to find like a different way like I just didn't want to do that and sometimes I feel like I have so much writing about Rye and Jep that happened before and it just wasn't in the right place in the story and I've cut a lot of it and so sometimes I I can look back at book one and I go I don't know if the reader sees as much of Jep as I know him sort of thing and so yeah I I still really dislike what happened to him like I would still switch it if I could sort of thing and give give him a happy ending because uh, I think my feelings for yeah him as a character are yeah very strong and not to say they didn't care about yeah yeah yep <laughs> of course but, but we I think get, we get attached to certain yeah. figures right yeah. in our own writing that doesn't necessarily translate into, yeah. the, into the finished project so that's really interesting <laughs> and unfortunately no spoilers but book three is also things are going wrong like I just like Oh, so scared. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, we are writing a story about a code that kills people, so it's deadly. It's part of it. Yeah, we know we know what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's heavy, but I I see it as a with a redemptive arc. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very hopeful for the final chapter. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, as I said, I'm not hunt like. Um, like I'm still tweaking but the the overall idea yeah I I'm really happy with how it ends and where the characters are at the ending and stuff like that I yeah and and I do want it to be uplifting and to leave with like this lingering of hope that mm -hmm. yeah that things can get really bad but um it's not the end yeah don't give up mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you are a local something for NaNoWriMo? What's yeah, your title? Municipal Liaison. Like that's okay. a mouthful. So November was um, National Novel Writing Month and you participated. How how did that go for you? <laughs> uh, I did not win this year. <laughs> so NaNoWriMo in my journey as a writer has definitely played a key part. I, I do really well with the, the deadlines and, and, and just that kind of like peer motivation of knowing that people are looking <laughs> like yeah. and especially being like our this community like Chatham Kent's ML and you know I'm busy encouraging everybody else to keep writing it's just like doubly point you know like all the fingers are pointing back at myself too to like keep going <laughs> like I'm telling other people to keep going even when you're like really behind on your word count mm. and it's like oh, I can do the same so yeah it's interesting too to do it at this stage like with um, the World Collective, it's definitely my focus in that story because I have a contract because like we have a, a schedule that we want to publish things on. So, and promoting for United People, it was kind of that November was busy and that, you know, I wanted to keep that forefront because to me, that's like the goal right now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun to to do a nano project this November because, because book three is in the, the revising stages and tweaking. It was like, what am I going to write? November it was like something totally new and it was just fun to be like I'm gonna do like 
a totally new story for the month. I actually had kind of a rough outline, which I don't always do. <laughs> Sometimes I just wing it. And I had a rough outline and I had uh, two characters um, that I was really excited to dig into. So I didn't write 50,000 words, but I have like this start, like these, I feel mm-hmm. like they're the, the building blocks at the bottom here of a new story. Right. And that felt good to, to go somewhere. I kind of decided that after the World Collective is done, I'm, I'm not doing another trilogy for a little while. <laughs> that Hi. takes a lot of brain power. <laughs> like the next book is standalone by itself, just one. <laughs> so what kind of audience? So still YA, this one, and, and still similar themes. It had similar themes as the World Collective. Again, it's kind of the speculative, more current to our world right now, but it's basically the world is ending <laughs> sort of thing. And it's this idea that if all the adults were gone, sort of thing. Uh, oh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's like the very basic premise of it. It's a lot more to it, but kind of exploring that story and these two characters. A bit of romance, though, in this one. I would say it's a little, the characters are older than the collective's characters. So a bit of a different feel to it. But it's still kind of exploring those, like, when everything's going wrong. What do you stand on sort of thing? And how do you continue on when your world is falling apart around you? I think those are the themes that I keep coming back to. <laughs> so. Well, because they're so rich. Yeah. yeah. Like you put characters under pressure. They're either going to do really great things or really terrible things. And seeing those things come to light is really, yeah. that's exciting. That's exciting for a writer and that's exciting for the reader on the other end. Yeah. So. Yeah. I lean in if that's if that's where you're doing terrible things to these poor characters and then telling them have hope yeah, <laughs> everything's yeah. wrong but have hope put it together guys let's go yeah <laughs> have your daughters read united people yet no okay <laughs> it's really funny because um abigail read my oldest read the woke collective like when it was in its early stages and that was a huge mistake and so we oh. learned from that mistake so why <laughs> preteens are brutally honest <laughs> <laughs> so any especially if it was an early version too like any fault any problems like she was very much like look at this like this is so yeah. painful <laughs> At the same time, helpful, great feedback. This time though too, I think she she wanted to read the finished version and to just see it as the finished version as opposed to the processes of going through it. They definitely know the story because I'm a talker when <laughs> I have a problem. So I'm gonna be like talking it out loud and usually they're the sounding walls of like, I need to figure this out. So they, they know the gist of the story. But yeah, she was kind of waiting until we had the copy sort of thing so that then she can take it off to school and read it at school. And if anyone asks her, she can be like, my mom wrote it. So oh, I love that. It'll probably happen in the next week. So yeah. yeah. Then I'll get to hear her opinion. That's great. Have you made any connections with the schools? Like sometimes classes will invite, would be open maybe yeah. to invite you in to share. We we live really close to our school as well. So we've had very great relationship with the teachers there. And so last year with the World Collective coming out, most of the staff was just like, we know an author. Like they were so excited to be able to be like, we know an author. So I did, I got to have the opportunity to go in and speak to the grade seven and eights and kind of in class settings and just share that journey of becoming an author, which was a lot of fun to share with them because 
myself as a grade seven and eight would never have thought it was possible just because of my struggles with spelling and with grammar. Like I love stories, but I didn't think it was achievable for me. So it was a lot of fun to go in there and be like, it is achievable. <laughs> like it's work and it's going to be a lot hard, but if it's something that you have a dream and you're passionate about, like it's possible. So yeah, they were super supportive and the book is in a number of school class libraries there. Two of the teachers read it aloud, which my my kids oh. were in those classes that they were doing it as a read aloud. And so they knew this story and like everyone would be, you know, the teachers are getting some engagement. So like, what do you think is going to happen? Or like getting their feedback. And so then they'd come home and they'd tell me like everything <laughs> that was happening, <laughs> which was, yeah, it was, that was exciting and fascinating and a little scary too, to be like, Oh, I know them. Like they walk by my house. Like they don't like it. <laughs> but no, it was very positive. So now I'm kind of like, Ooh, I need to get into the high school. So that's my next goal mm-hmm. is to have mm-hmm. an opportunity to, there's a really great librarian at our, our local high school. So I think mm-hmm. I need to meet with her and see if there's some opportunities to share I, there too. Yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about predictions, people like students throwing out predictions. Mm-hmm. Do you have other people who were guessing like what's coming after they read the World Collective? It was interesting that a few people, and it was more adults who read the story, I think kind of had this idea of like, and, and I'm sure a lot of it is what's happened in the last couple of years with the pandemic and governments, I think. Mm-hmm. And there are different ideas out there about being controlled and and so there were a couple people who felt like I I was speaking to that that Mm -hmm. I was like kind of supporting the idea that our government's trying to control us like in what was happening currently and (laughs) I was just like floored because like that was nowhere on my radar at all like those thoughts and I think in part because I started writing the story way before COVID happened way before any of those you know mandates and things like that like so it was not on my radar I I wasn't intentionally speaking about our current government or things like that I was imagining this future world so those kind of caught me off guard and I never knew how to respond (laughs) when they were like I was just like okay (laughs) like glad you enjoyed the story (laughs) like I don't know so that was interesting I feel like that hasn't happened with the younger readers that was more adults who are picking up the story and yeah and I guess I think knowing that it's that scary side of a writer that you you have your story in your head and your heart, but once you put it out in the world, it's not entirely yours anymore. Mm-hmm. And the reader will always bring their own things to it too. So yeah, just kind of having to let that go and go, okay, like that might not have been my intention, <laughs> but they that it happens. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite though was there was a student in the girls' class who was convinced aliens were gonna show up at some point in my story. <laughs> And they came home and told me this and I was like, oh, they're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I don't have extraterrestrial life. So <laughs> sorry to fuck oh, they, sh- they should write the fan fiction version yeah. of that. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting prediction though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think I could see it could spin that way. You could, you could have, you could have spun it that way. Why not? Yeah. 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 That's fun. I know I have some predictions for book three, which I'm not going to share, but I'm very excited to find out um, more about Tazib. Yeah, Tazib or Tazib. I kind of say both. Okay. I always always feel it like Tazib, but 
it's, it's that's it's one of those things, right? You don't you don't yeah. know what an yeah. author intends with a a name pronunciation. But yes, he's a character that I I I really deeply like. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many things about him that aren't likable, but I I really believe that there's good in him. <laughs> and, and so I'm excited to see if I'm right or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's a fascinating character. Yes. Yeah. I I agree. <laughs> I find him fascinating too. Uh, and uh, I think that's one of the fun parts as an author is that I, I can see him from Rai's point of view and she just doesn't like him. Like she, she doesn't agree with how he does things or how he thinks. But then at the same time, I'm like at the author and I know what he's thinking. And I, you know, I have those insights. I, I really like him too, because, and I hope in book two, this became a bit more apparent, but like in book one, it's just kind of this vague yeah. sort of thing. Like, and and you have all these ideas of what and who that is or what they look like. And, and that's a big part of that story. And then book two, Rye is sitting across the table from him. And like, I just, all those, ideas you have in your head and being confronted with a different reality sort of thing and how do you like put those together because he's a kid like he's done these things you can't deny he's done these things but he's also a kid your characters have so much maturity so there's so often when I'm reading it I have to remind myself they're kids like why are they so grown up and I mean we, we know why they're so grown up they're forced into adulthood so early and you adapt but him especially mm-hmm. he feels like a 40 year old yes yeah um, but also like there, there's also like a quirky or there, there's still a little little childish thing about him but yet like as if a 40 year old was kind of quirky so yeah. So yeah, that's such an, it's just such an interesting dynamic and the characters are are so mature, but they're so young. Yeah. 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 And I feel like there are times though, when they, like for the most part, they're doing a lot of very mature things they can see on track. And then every now and then there's these points where they don't, they just like, they'll do something impulsive or they'll speak without thinking or, you know, like, because yeah, they're not, they're not adults yet. Yeah. So Yeah. And uh, with with that's a book three, it was a lot of fun to explore what his character looked like outside of the world collective. Like I know for myself, you act different in different settings, right? And so I'm I can't wait for people to read book three. <laughs> like I'm just as excited for it as I am for book two. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? I guess one thing is book two and and the music uh, side mm-hmm. of it. I think that's always been one part of the story that I've, I've always been a little nervous about portraying, but yet at the same time, knew it was part of my story and necessary to be there. And so book two, I really just tried to embrace it. I feel like in book one, I was still being like really cautious. And like, yeah. And just wanting to have it there, but maybe not just like embracing it. In book two, I was like, nope, this is like, this, this is. This is it. And I feel like Rai herself is like embracing it, but also still struggling with it because it just, it's another thing that makes her different from everybody else. And she kind of doesn't want to be. Can you give like just a little background on what you mean by the music for anyone that hasn't read, anyone that hasn't read the book yet? 
Yeah, so um, it starts off with in her dreams, right? Used to have nightmares all the time, crippling, like, and they're from her trauma as a child. And then she begins to hear music in her dreams. And it's like, I'm always, I'm always on the hunt for any sort of sounds that kind of remind me of what it sounds like in my head, which they've never been perfectly, but I've, I've been starting to like collect different things because I want to, I think I'll be using that in social media a bit in the future to kind of share. This is, this is what I hear. But basically the music is, it's not like anything we can imagine. It's like the sounds of the world coming together in perfect harmony. And when she listens to the music, she feels hope and peace and loved. In, in when she hears the music and of course it starts off just in her dreams but as her journey goes on it, it becomes much more real and much more powerful and so in book two it's something that if she takes the time she can hear it anytime now like she, when she's awake as well she's starting to realize that it's not just like this thing that's in my dreams it's like it's in the world around me that there is that everything is kind of connected and in harmony thanks to the composer who creates the music and put each piece in its place sort of thing. And so then it gives her this real stability for everything that's happening. It's this idea that I'm not a mistake, that I'm here for a reason and things are gonna work out. Even when it looks like nothing's gonna work out, if she listens to the music in a piece of music, it, it moves. Like it's not just a one note, it's, it's a long thing and you know, there's, there's the highs in the music and the lows, but it's going to all fit together mm-hmm. in the end. And so, yeah, embracing that in the story and in for Rye, like that's what in book two, she's really finally learning to embrace that. And what, what is it going to look like in her life? And even if everybody else around her thinks she's crazy, like, like sort of thing, like kind of going, uh, you know, it still has so much power for herself. So she has to decide how do I see it and how am I going to view it sort of thing. So I think that was something I had to embrace for myself in my writing, because I think there's that fear of it might put some readers off. I think it's what was always kind of in my head, but at the same time, I was like, this is, this is the story I have in my heart to tell and I just can do it. (laughs) (laughs) That is your right. (laughs) It is a thread that weaves through the whole thing. And hmm. I'm assuming we're, we are going to see a lot more of that in book three and get a little more insight into the composer. And hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and just how it shapes decisions and, and her relationships too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing candidly <laughs> about, about everything. <laughs> I'm very excited for the next one. I'm excited for people to read United People. So um, keep doing what you're doing to get the word out. And I'll do what I can from my end. And I haven't met anyone who hasn't loved the World Collective. So mm-hmm. if you if you catch them on that one, they're gonna they're along for the whole ride. So yeah, it's just it's just a matter of reminding people that here it is. It's here. Get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on another great book. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. Proud to have it on on my list. I have to say, I I spent a lot of time talking you up here in Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the event at the library was other authors, mm-hmm. and uh, and so people are coming to talk to all the authors. But of course, then you're talking to each other, and you're all going, "So how did you get published? And who are you published with?" And a lot of people were really curious when I was like, well, "I published with 
a Canadian small press. And so, yeah, I was sharing about you. <laughs> oh, that's great. So exciting, I think. For them to hear, you know, a Canadian press was yeah. definitely comfortable here. So you're doing a good thing. But there should be more of them, but yeah, we'll yeah. pave the way. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, this is fun. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll talk again soon. If And if not before, have a great, great Christmas. And Yes, me too. Yeah, and when you're ready with book three. I'll send it your way. Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> no rush, no pressure, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's getting close, but yeah. <laughs> okay, great to see you. Yeah, you too. Enjoy Bye. the rest of your day. Bye. Purchase a copy of United People, go to chickenhousepress.ca slash bookstore. You will find it right near the top of that list of books there. You can find Susan on Facebook at Susan Cullen Author or on Instagram at Susan Cullen underscore author.